0: Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Perhaps you saw news concerning the United States Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo's declaration with regard to the circumstances, the situation in Hong Kong. He said the following, quote, Beijing's disastrous decision is only the latest in a series of actions that fundamentally undermine Hong Kong's autonomy and freedoms and China's own promises to the Hong Kong people under the Sino-British Joint Declaration, a United Nations-filed international treaty. The State Department is required to assess the territory's autonomy from China. No reasonable person can assert today that Hong Kong maintains a high degree of autonomy from China, given facts on the ground. Hong Kong is no longer autonomous from China given facts on the ground. Indeed, very far from it. It is under the thumb, or more accurately, under the boot of the communist Chinese regime. And the communist Chinese regime is merely going through an act enacting various different measures seemingly lawfully in order to cover itself, in order to justify its actions. It's the same thing as Vladimir Putin in the Russian Federation, in which he, instead of declaring himself to be president for life, as Xi Jinping did, In communist China, he engages in various different Machiavellian little tactical acts. But he is the de facto dictatorial, autocratic president, if you will, for life in Russia. But moving from communist China, the bloodiest regime that has ever existed on the face of the earth. That's right. It overshadows all of the evils of the Soviet Union. Now that is doing something, you know. And that overshadowed the evils of the Nazi Third Reich. Oh, but wonderful, benevolent, beneficent, Communist China. Well, moving on from there to the United States of America, bastion of freedom. What is the situation here? Well, depends on where you look. But if you look at any of the major metropolitan areas in the nation, you will be hard-pressed to find anything approaching the freedom that the founders intended, the freedom that the actual founding fathers fashioned in this nation. You can't find it. But you can find some examples that are more exceedingly appalling than others such as in Los Angeles, the media capital of the world, the entertainment capital of the world, in Seattle, Washington, in Portland, Oregon, in New York City, New York, New York, from coast to coast, sanctuary cities, In sanctuary states that give VIP status to people that have come into the nation illegally. Sanctuary cities and states across the nation that flagrantly, blatantly, brazenly defy federal law. But, you know, that's the way it is with leftists, socialists, Marxists, feminists, abortion activists, sodomite activists. It is in their actual DNA. (laughs) It is who they are. Is that they will only abide by laws insofar as they serve their purposes. And they thumb their nose at them otherwise. But New York City, one case in point. New York City, in that wonderful state of New York, with its current mayor, Bill de Blasio, Bill de de Marxist de Blasio, great American, who, going back to the time immediately prior to the celebration of Resurrection Sunday, otherwise known as Easter, he threatened to close churches, any churches, synagogues that dared to go ahead with holding services. But that was just the tip of the iceberg. He stated, if you go to your synagogue, if you go to your church and attempt to hold services after having been told so often not to, our enforcement agents will have no choice but to shut down those services. The New York Police Department, Fire Department, Buildings Department, And everyone has been instructed that if they see worship services going on, they will go to the officials of that congregation. They'll inform them they need to stop the services and disperse. If that does not happen, they will take additional action up to the point of fines and potentially closing the building permanently. Really breathtaking stuff. Now, you might think, well, you know, he just, he's a reasonable man. It's just these terribly difficult circumstances. Look all across the nation at these various Democrat mayors and governors and what have you. And so many people Will conclude, you know, they really, <laughs> these are people that are reasonable and they just want the best for everybody and they just want freedom. After all, they're great champions of immoral, unlawful, according to the Bible, freedoms. But they're just being pressed, you know, they're just. Between a rock and a hard place, they're painted into a corner. They don't have any choice. They have to enact these despotic, unconstitutional actions. Do they really? (laughs) Is that really the situation? It's not. It's not that they don't want to do these things. It's not that they don't want to engage in these executive orders, this power play, this power grab. On the contrary, this is who they are, this is what they want, what they desire, what they lust for, and why they have sought political power in the first place. But... They haven't been able to do these things without the triggering mechanism, which they have with the COVID-19 pandemic. It enables them to do what they want to do, what they've desired to do. What so very many leftists, socialists, Marxists have been unable to do for decades, even though they have attempted to gin up global climate change as being sufficient justification for such things. Bill de Blasio, what a good man he is. What is at the heart, in the spirit of Bill de Blasio? Well, he is virtually lifelong, admirer, strong admirer of Nicaragua's Marxist Sandinistas. It's murderous socialist Marxist regime. He was a great admirer of that. And he remains so to this day. He raised funds. He was a fundraiser for the Sandinistas back in the 80s. Oh, but Ronald Reagan, terrible Ronald Reagan, tried to attempt to rescue the people of Nicaragua from the Sandinistas' bloody regime while Bill de Blasio raised funds for the Sandinista regime. What a great man. To this day, he speaks glowingly, admiringly of them. Admiringly, admirably. Choose the word of your preference. But of the Sandinistas, of this murderous, heinous communist regime, His kind of people. His kind of government. Just who he is. He's a big fan of liberation theology. You know, like President Obama's mentor minister, Reverend Wright. Liberation theology, so-called. Marxist revolution perverting the word of God to justify this bloody, heinous Marxist revolution. Liberation theology. Bill de Blasio's kind of religion, as is Obama's. Now, the question is, what party is de Blasio? Oh, I know he's officially a Democrat. But, you know, you look at the great work of the great man and you find that he has merely built upon the work of former Republican billionaire Michael Bloomberg. I say former Republican because Michael Bloomberg became Democrat to run for the presidency as a Democrat. Fascinating man, you know? He's gone from Democrat to Independent to Republican to Democrat or Democrat to Republican to Independent to Democrat. <laughs> lost track. Michael Bloomberg is uh, he's a magician. Bill de Blasio same kind of individual. But Democrat, really? No. He was the executive director of the Socialist New Party. The executive director for New York State. For the New Party. The New Party, which was pervaded by ACORN, Barack Obama's socialist, corrupt, political activist organization. Obama was a member of the new party. And de Blasio has very tight ties with them, with ACORN, with all of these, very tight. And he's put them in power in his administration. But then there's another party, the Workers' Family Party. Workers, you know, that should be recognizable. Workers, you know, just like in the Soviet Union. And in every communist regime, the workers, the Workers' Families Party, really great. Whether you call it the New Party or whether you call it the Workers' Families Party or whether you call it the Democrat Party, you call it progressive, whatever you call it, it is socialist to the core. Oh, but socialist is good. Democratic socialism is good, right? Let's go back to Nazi Germany. What was the Nazi Party? It was the National Democrat Socialist Party. But, go to the Soviet Union. The Union of Soviet Socialistic Republics. Oh, but I thought it was communist. Yes, but socialist at the core. And you find this throughout the world. Oh, but this is a benign, benevolent, beneficent form of socialism. There is no such thing. The only reason that the continent of Europe That Scandinavia, that the UK, the only reason that these and Israel have not evidenced all of the myriad evils of all of the communist regimes is because the socialists have not taken over. They've enjoyed power, but they have not taken over and monopolized it. But here in America, the coronavirus pandemic and the reactions, the fearful, panic-stricken reactions of Republicans have enabled the Democrats to take over to a very, very great extent. The freewheeling governors and the sanctuary cities and the sanctuary states, they were going to do what they were going to do, and the only way to prevent them is by the federal government to step in. And the federal government is not a monarchy. It's not totalitarian, at least not with Donald Trump as president. But the objective, the aim, the goal is for the federal government to be just that, to be a totalitarian autocracy. Bill de Blasio, Man of great ambitions, political ambitions, lust for power. Power attracts the corrupt, absolute power, attracts the absolutely corrupt. But I didn't think that was how it went. I thought it was that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, that is what you hear, but I'm here to tell you it's much more than that. Power attracts the corrupt, and absolute power attracts the absolutely corrupt, and Bill de Blasio, of course, has run for president. He didn't gain any traction. He didn't get anywhere with it, but he's not done. He has continually striven to move the Democrat Party left. It's not the party of his choosing. He wants the new party, the Workers' Family Party. But you can't run for president in those. So instead, he's a Democrat. He's a pragmatic Democrat, Socialist Democrat, working to move the Democrat Party left. But guess what? That's very easy because the Democrat Party is so far left and so corrupt and so profane. But some would say, well, you know, he entered the race too late. He became the 23rd Democrat candidate to announce. But That still wasn't as late as Michael Bloomberg, but nonetheless. He is joined at the hip with Obama's acorn and these others. These are individuals that are cast in the mold of Saul Alinsky's political activists. And like Olinsky, are socialist to the core, and they spit on what America was intended to be. They have no use for that. The founding fathers, as imperfect as they were. Try to find one among them that would not literally be up in arms about how exceedingly leftist, socialist, command and control freak-ish this nation has become, but particularly places like New York City. Speaking of New York City, perhaps you saw this just happened the other day at night. So, a couple days ago, before midnight, 25-year-old Edwin Candelario brandishing a knife attempted to murderously attack a man working at Rose Family Grocery Store in Brooklyn. But the worker pulled out a firearm and shot Candelario, killing him. Candelario's actions of attempting to murder this man are irrelevant. The fact that this man was defending himself from being murdered, that doesn't matter. He's been arrested for having a firearm not licensed. It is exceedingly difficult to get firearms licenses in New York City. This is what such laws result in. Whether it's New York City or Chicago, whether it's in Connecticut or New Jersey, San Francisco, and so many other parts of this nation. The various laws that make it exceedingly difficult to own a firearm, much less to carry a firearm, end up criminalizing people for attempting to protect their families and loved ones and strangers and themselves. It criminalizes them. Or it causes them to go about completely defenseless. Chances are, if that Edwin Candelario had had a firearm, chances are he would have succeeded in murdering the worker. Why? Because he would have already had it out, just as he had his knife out. And he would have had time to shoot the worker before the worker could draw his gun. There are parts... In this nation where you can, if you go through the hoops and loops, and if you are fortunate enough, one of the fortunate few to obtain a concealed carry license, they still, in some places, do not permit that firearm to be loaded. So then not only does the attacker or do the attackers have the advantage of having their weapons out, before you can reach for a firearm, and having murderous intent before you can attempt to defend yourself, but then, after having drawn, you have to load it. Suffice to say, that's a death sentence, but we have brilliant, enlightened places like that in this nation. Again, for those fortunate few that are able to obtain a concealed carry permit wonderful state of affairs, and enter into this wonderful state of affairs the craziness, the lunacy, the mob mentality on social media. This incident on Memorial Day New York City's Commission on Human Rights. You know, reporting to the aforementioned Mayor Bill Marxist de Blasio. Command and control freak de Blasio. Following in the footsteps of command and control freak Michael Bloomberg and others. This New York City Commission on Human Rights It sent a letter to the woman Amy Cooper, whom I will have more to say about very shortly. It purported to request her cooperation, to request her cooperation. However, Deputy Commissioner of the Law Enforcement Bureau at the New York City Commission on Human Rights stated in this request for Ms. Cooper's cooperation... Quote, at a time when the devastating impacts of racism in black communities have been made so painfully clear, from racial disparities in COVID-19 outcomes to harassment of essential workers on the front lines, it is appalling to see these types of ugly threats directed at one New Yorker by another. This again from the Deputy Commissioner Sapna Viraj. In this request for Ms. Cooper's cooperation, efforts to intimidate black people by threatening to call law enforcement draw on a long, violent, and painful history, and they are unacceptable. End quote. Yes, it really sounds like this dispassionate New York City Commission on Human Rights and its Deputy Commissioner Sapna Viraj of the Law Enforcement Bureau. It certainly sounds like they're being very even-handed, very open-minded. They have no axe to grind. They have no political bias. Obviously. What could be plainer? Meanwhile, this wonderful commission reporting to Mayor Marxist Bill de Blasio has the authority to fine those they find, to be offenders, to fine them, these violators of the law according to them, of their leftist laws It can fine them, it can award compensatory damages to victims, to victims, including emotional distress damages and other benefits. Meanwhile, the Central Park Civic Association has called for Amy Cooper to be banned for life from Central Park, a lifetime ban on her for her deliberate, terrible behavior towards a man of color. And Franklin Templeton, a financial services firm that I've never given a thought to, I've seen their advertisements, industrial advertising for various different events, They suspended Amy Cooper for a day and then they put some leftists in charge of an inquiry and then they summarily fired her for cause. For cause of being racist. What a damnable action by Franklin Templeton. But, moving on to the event that took place what really happened on memorial day hmm in central park in this particular part of central park that is described variously as wild to semi wild this single White woman by herself walking this little dog, Cocker Spaniel, is confronted by a man of color who, surprisingly enough, is larger than her. Shocking, right? Who would think? He confronts her and he attempts to goad her. What kind of a guy is this? Well, I don't know. Just take a look at the photos of him, absolutely gloating about the attention he's gotten and what he is accomplishing. Oh, we need to award this man. We need to impoverish this woman and pay, you know, Reallocate her resources to him. He's so deserving. This poor, poor man. 30 million people saw his carefully edited video and leaped to the conclusions they were supposed to. How many of those people were people of color? I don't know. But a very great many were leftists. Many were people of color, I'm sure. And an enormous number of them were fools. But what took place? Amy Cooper, walking her dog. She's wearing PPE, a face mask walking her dog in the Ramble area. You know, a very small area of Grand Central Park that is, again, described as semi-wilderness, so forth. And she is confronted by this man. Dare I say, accosted by this man. What a fine fellow he is. You know, he doesn't request that she put the dog on the leash. He demands it. He doesn't move on or something else. He remains there as an obstacle. By his own admission, he threatened to poison her dog. She lost it. Okay. She feared for herself. She feared for the dog. And she grabbed up, scooped up the dog, the dog which wanted to get loose from being held tightly and so struggled. And so she had to hold it very tightly. Interesting, both people have the same last name, Cooper. Amy Cooper and Chris Cooper. Well, Mr. Cooper, he took out his phone to capture the moments. Amazingly enough, at one point when she is trying to keep him at bay, people watching the video leaped to the conclusion that this unarmed white woman holding a little cocker spaniel dog in her clutches to protect it, that she was threatening him, that she was assaulting him, that she assaulted him. You know, words, (laughs) the perversion of words is very important. Very important. In the cause of evil, how any reasonable person could for one single solitary moment imagine that that constituted a threat, let alone assault by Amy Cooper, is beyond imagination. But Chris Cooper was goading her and threatened her and her dog. And caused her to fear for her life and fear for the little dog. She should have run off. That's what she should have done. But she did not. Instead, she took out her phone to call the police. Now, if you're going to call the police about something taking place in the area of somebody threatening you, causing you to fear for your safety, do you think it's unreasonable to give a cursory description of the person? In this case, describing him as being an African-American man, is that an unreasonable thing to do? Well, according to the people that have viewed this, it was terrible and racist for her to refer to his race. And I think it was terribly sexist for her to refer to him as being a man. But, that's just me. Before I continue, permit me to say, I'm Brad Thomas and this is after all is said and done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's lacking, erring, deficient, That is on me. That is due to me. That is my fault. But not only have incredibly blind, ignorant, foolish, biased, prejudicial people on social media leaped to the conclusion that Mr. Chris Cooper carefully led them to omitting the provoking incidents of what he did not only those people have leaped exceedingly wrong conclusions but so have the news media for the most part many news accounts have blasted Miss Cooper for threatening Mr. Cooper, when, in fact, he threatened her and her dog. He stated, look, if you're going to do what you want, I'm going to do what I want, but you're not going to like it. And she responded, what's that? And then he says, come here, puppy. She says, he won't come to you. And he says, we'll see about that. I pull out the dog treats I carry for just such intransigence. His words. I didn't even get a chance to toss any treats to the pooch before she scrambled to grab the dog. Which she did fearing for its safety. He threatened her. And her dog. Maybe you've never owned a dog. Maybe the only kind of dog you've owned, if you've owned a dog, is a large guard dog variety or something like that. Instead of a couch potato dog. A little lap dog or something like that. But, regardless... If you've ever owned a dog, if you've ever been in a family that owns a dog or dogs, and you have any milk of human kindness in you, then you know that if there is danger or threat of harm for your pet or pets, that you are alarmed by that. And you take actions, typically, to try to protect your loved ones. In this case, pets. What about just the dynamic here? This black man who is larger than this woman by herself with her cocker spaniel mix or whatever. What about that? She's not out in the fruited plain of Central Park, other people around and closely mowed lawns and what have you. She's in the wild Ramble part, And she's confronted by this man. There are no innocent bystanders, no innocent bystanders that are video taping this no just him now you can deny it from now until the cows come home but there is a grossly disproportionate amount of violent crime committed by men of color grossly disproportionate not because of problems with reporting crime, not because of bias with collection of data, but the simple facts are that there is a greatly, much greater percentage per capita amount of violent crime. By African American men. Much of it against African American women. Much of it against Caucasian. To imagine that this woman, not even having her hands free, holding her little dog with both arms, that she is threatening this man. She constitutes a threat to this man who is goading her, provoking her, and loving it, loving it, glorying in it, is amazing. I'm going to do what I want. But you're not going to like it. Oh, that's not threatening. That isn't threatening at all. No. You know, he could have just introduced himself, said, I'm Chris Cooper and I'm with this Audubon Society and I have this high and mighty post with them. I'd really appreciate it if you would leash your dog So on and so forth. But no. Oh, but his motivation. What was his motivation? He was getting a charge out of this. He obviously meant for her to process what he said as being very dangerously foreboding. But (laughs) she was supposed to see through that and see that he was not going to attack her, not going to rape her, not going to murder her. She was supposed to assume that. In any case, she should have fled. She should have fled. But his words, I'm going to do what I want, and you're not going to like it. As she said later, when she was interviewed, I didn't know what that meant. When you're alone in a wooded area, that's absolutely terrifying. Right? Indeed, and she should have fled. But you know, there is a reason not to flee, too. There is. Unfortunately, a great many young women and middle-aged women and so forth, a great many, they think that somehow or other if they have their phone that they'll be safe. It gives them a false sense of security. Oh, if there's any trouble, they can call the police, and they will be there just, you know, virtually immediately. (laughs) Just like in Detroit, where response times were, last I knew, about an hour, but before the pandemic. But how many times when somebody flees and they have their back to the attacker An attacker that can run faster than them or cut them off or whatever can attack them from behind. It is a great position of jeopardy to turn your back on someone that's threatening you. And again, she's carrying this dog. But, anyway, she was just totally in the wrong, according to various individuals. What were her exact words to the police? These terrible, racist rants that she engaged in. What did she say? What were the words that Franklin Templeton has fired her for? Quote, There is an African-American man. I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatened myself and my dog. End quote. Now, big strong Mr. Christian Cooper, he claimed that she tried to bring death by cop down on my head. Really? Again, he's having the time of his life. He's gloating. But then he comes up with this line later on to justify himself. And to commit character assassination against her. It was entirely reasonable for Amy Cooper, to call the police. But, again, I think she should have fled. But I understand her not doing so. Because in point of fact, that does put the fleer in great danger. But again, Dear Mr. Christian Cooper. You know, good-hearted Chris. He has succeeded by his actions. His and his sisters. He created the video. She uploaded it. And he has gone on again with his statements to the press to assassinate her character. He has succeeded in getting her fired from being portfolio manager for Franklin Templeton. a Prestigious position. They sacked her without a thought. Now I happen to think that was incredibly unwise of them to do that. It'd be one thing if instead of slender Amy Cooper, if it had been a white man. A man on equal footing with Mr. Cooper. To fire a white man, no problem. Unless, of course, he's a sodomite. But if he's not that, and if he's not one who has become a Muslim, then you're really totally safe in doing that. But we'll see what proceeds. Meanwhile, in Georgia, two men of color have been arrested in connection with the monstrous murders of two sisters, one 30 years of age, Trevina Campbell, and the other 19 years of age, Vanita Richardson, just on the verge of graduating from high school. The wonderful men that attacked them, men of color, They put bags over these sisters' heads and dropped them over the side of a bridge and shot them with shotguns either before they dropped them over the side or afterwards. Not clear which. What have these men been charged with? They've been charged with misdemeanor obstruction of an officer. Yes, you got that right and theft of receiving stolen property and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. They haven't been charged with murder yet. Oh boy. And that's not even New York City, the capital of second-degree murder, where first-degree is virtually unknown. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.